Proverbs 19, 11 through 12. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook offense. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like dew on the grass. The word of the Lord. So I'm preaching on emotions today. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? We probably all have um, a perspective on emotions, right? Whether, uh, and, it, and, it, and your perspective on emotions is probably directly wired into who you are as a person. Right? And so if you're someone who tends to be a little bit more emotional in life, you probably think emotions are great. <laughs> or maybe you think emotions aren't great. I want to I control those. And if you're someone who's maybe a little bit more steady, you're like, why isn't everyone else like me? <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about emotions, wise emotions from the book of Proverbs. Let me pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, thank you for emotions. We know that emotions are a gift from you. And yet, like all gifts that you give us, you call us to use them wisely. And yet these gifts can be especially tricky because they're wired into who we are as people. And so I just pray for wisdom for me as I share uh, from your word and then also wisdom for your people. Everyone in this room, Lord, that we would hear the message that you want us to hear and that we'd be able to take away something and put it into practice in our normal everyday lives. Uh, We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So emotions are everywhere. Maybe this is an obvious statement, but I think it's worth saying. Emotions are everywhere. You have the ability to express your emotions now in our culture, perhaps more easily than any other time in human history. Uh, For example, when I was growing up, we had texting, right? So we could send a text. Now, to do kind of a, a little extra layer of emotion, to add an extra layer of emotion, you had to add a an emoji at the end, sort of manually. You had to create a smiley face. Uh, For example, I hope you have a great weekend. Smiley face. Now, the the person receiving this text was probably encouraged by your happy little smile. Uh, But look at the power that this little little face at the end of the sentence has. What if I were to send this text text message? I hope you have a great weekend. (laughs) Whoa, <laughs> I wouldn't really want to get this message because it's like communicating the opposite feeling. It's not wishing them happiness. It's like, why do you leave me out of your weekend plans or, or whatever? But today, today we have the power to send this message. I hope you have a great weekend. <laughs> Clapping party popper star unicorn face with tears of joy, fireworks, and creepy clown. That's going to be one exciting weekend. As of October 2019, there are 3,178 emojis available to you, probably on your smartphones, to send messages. Did you know that over 5 billion emojis are sent every day through Facebook Messenger? 5 billion emojis. That is a lot of emotions. Not all of the emojis have to do with like a weird clown, uh, but... You see what I mean? There's a lot of ways to express emotion. On the news feed on Facebook, many of us have this, uh, this, this uh, interesting tool that allows us to communicate and react to pretty much everything we see, right? When something is posted, whether it's pictures or an article, uh, there, uh, Facebook has given us the blessing or the curse uh, of reacting. In fact, there's six different ways you can react. You can love it, 
You can, uh, you can like it, love it, ha-ha, wow, sad, or angry. Uh, the, the full range of emotion here. I think Facebook needs an option uh, that symbolizes a carefully thought-out, non-reactionary response. Like a little emoji of the thinker uh, that says, like, you know, I've heard, I, I've heard what you're trying to say. I need to do a little bit more research, maybe uh, compare resources, uh, get some citations. Uh, and I'm going to think on what you've communicated in a thoughtful and non-reactionary way. But clearly that would not fit on a little emoji. I want to make sure you hear, though, that it is not wrong to feel emotions. I don't want you to walk away if you're someone who has a lot of emotions, that has a lot of feelings, feeling condemned. Not at all. Why? Because God created emotions, right? And then God sent his son into this world, Christ Jesus. So Jesus experienced emotions. And that both, uh, that both validates our experience of emotions, that they are given to us by God, but then it also challenges us because there is a way to have feelings and have emotions that honors God, and there's a way that doesn't honor God. That's not right. That's not how God intended it to be. Thankfully, God tells us, he communicates to us what he, how he intends us to experience emotions. He doesn't just uh, say, you know, good luck, <laughs> go for it. And this is where the book of Proverbs can really help us. Because our creator, we really believe that, that God created us. That means God wired you. God knows who you are, and he knows how you fit together. But God also knows how you can fit into his plan and how you're supposed to function. And, you know, our, our, our world sort of, like our culture, is constantly communicating to us through things like, this through emojis and reactions that, like, feelings are the most important thing. But God has a little bit of a different perspective. They're, they're important. Don't get me wrong. They're just not the most important thing. See, it's easy but foolish to let your emotions rule you. Just be honest. It's easy. It's easy but foolish to let your emotions rule you. And here in the book of Proverbs, uh, we've been studying, in, in the book of Proverbs, this book of wisdom, we've been finding two different pathways, right? The, the path of the wise, the path of the foolish. And Proverbs contrasts these, these two pathways over and over again throughout the book, and we're just seeing it once more again when it comes to emotions. And it encourages us to, to walk in that way of wisdom. Uh, fools show their annoyance at once, <laughs> It's the way of the foolish. But the prudent overlook an insult. That's the way of the wise. Proverbs 12, 16. It's easy to react. It's easy to punch that, but, that button, that angry face. Or if you're not on social media, you, you don't get by. Like, you can react just as easily as well, right? With texts or email or just personal conversations. However... We're all reacting all the time, and yet we're called to take some time, to be prudent. A couple of weeks ago, I, I created a character named Prudence, and her name meant, the word prudence means thinking through all the options and their potential outcomes. Well, that sounds kind of tiring, doesn't it? It's much easier, it's much quicker just to be like, like, hate, ha-ha, but the book of Proverbs Wisdom itself says, slow down. 
Let's take some time. Let's think about how to react, how to respond. And that takes more effort. See, it's hard but wise to reign over your emotions. So my first two points really go together. It's easy but foolish to let your emotions rule you. And it's hard but wise to reign over your emotions. And so what I want to do now is go through the book of Proverbs and just look at how it talks about emotions. This is a a book written by a lot of wise people, sages, so that we can become wise as well. And so Proverbs encourages us. Uh, Kind of one of the big topics in the book of Proverbs is anger. (laughs) Not anger, but patience, the book of Proverbs tells us. It warns against anger, which is like hostility towards others. Proverbs 29 Verse 22 says this, an angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. So not anger, but patience. Now, does that mean you can never be angry and be uh, uh, still like in the right? No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, The Bible does tell us in other places outside of the book of Proverbs that it is possible to be angry and not to sin. Uh, Ephesians 4.26 says this, in your anger, do not sin. Now, if that's where the verse left it, that would be okay, right? <laughs> We'd all agree with that. Like, it makes sense. We should get mad about things like murder and greed and social injustice and just when we experience and see brokenness in the world because, because when we see those things, there's something in our hearts that stirs that says that's not right. And it's okay to feel that. It's good to feel that. That is lining up with God's heart, that he gets angry about things as well. But we need to read the second half of this verse. See, it says, in your anger, do not sin. But then it says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. See, Proverbs says, okay, there is a way to, uh, Ephesians says, there is a way to be angry and not sin, but it's not for very long. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. It's like this short window. And so if we're experiencing anger over a long period of time, we're putting ourselves at risk. I want to read the the next verse in Ephesians. Ephesians 4, verse 27. Okay, so in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Why? (laughs) And do not give the devil a foothold. Things just got serious. (laughs) The author of Ephesians, Paul, is saying that when we allow ourselves to be angry for days, weeks, or even months, or years, we put ourselves at risk, at spiritual risk, that Satan can gain a foothold in our hearts. This is hard because anger is addictive. <laughs> anger is addictive. It, feels, it, it, it helps us feel right. It helps us feel justified. Satan can use that and bend that and turn us against those we love, turn us against those around us, turn us against God himself. So when it comes to anger, we got to be careful. Anger can turn into bitterness. Bitterness can rot away at our souls. Proverbs 14.30, back to Proverbs, says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. I wanted to give an illustration of this. I heard this on a podcast recently, but uh, it was the, the story of how uh, anger, anger and bitterness destroyed President Richard Nixon. 
Now, maybe some of you haven't studied uh, Nixon. He was president of the United States. Uh, he did some questionable things, and his presidency ended in his resignation. The one being interviewed, uh, Stephen Mansfield, he talked about how like, the soul has the memory of an elephant. <laughs> and uh, unless we deal with those offenses against us in our own lives, those things can turn to bitterness, and your soul will hang on to it. So he described Richard Nixon in the Oval Office. He's there, he's, he's, 60, he's in his 60s, uh, he's in the White House, and he's going through Watergate. Uh, and as he's going through Watergate, he gets down on his hands and knees on the floor and begins to pound on the floor. And Henry Kissinger is witnessing this. He's in the room. And Nixon begins, as he's pounding on the floor, he begins to, to talk, and he's upset. And he, he's not upset about the Democrats or the FBI or Watergate. He's upset about his Quaker family from his childhood and how his Quaker family was mistreated as he was growing up in California when he was a little boy. See, he was still bitter about something from his childhood. And that bitterness was shaping his soul and his actions. They talked about it a little bit in the podcast, that when you let bitterness into your soul, you begin to feel entitled you begin to, to want to medicate. And then you begin to see everyone through the lens of bitterness. I'm right, you're wrong. And that's what happened to Nixon. His bitterness destroyed him. And so this is an opportunity in our own lives, in our own souls to say, is there something that's deep inside me that I need to deal with? Is there some sort of envy or, or, or bitterness or anger that's rotting my bones? So I don't want to be, I don't want Watergate to happen to me. I don't want to be down on the floor pounding because of that hurt that I experienced so long ago. And so we need to deal with it. And Proverbs invites us to deal with that anger. To have a heart of peace. And we have to look at the kind of the story of Scripture. And as you turn from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we hear about Jesus. And Jesus is the, like, he is the solution to our anger, to our bitterness. That doesn't mean if you just say a prayer, your anger or your bitterness will go away. That might happen. That would be great. But it's through a life where you come before God and you pour out your heart over and over again. Say, Lord, deal with this part of me. And then taking your anger and, and, and expressing it to Christ. At our prayer time this morning, uh, we were reading through the book of Psalms. That is an incredibly emotional book. And David gets angry in the Psalms. He prays against his enemies. He does. <laughs> but what is he doing? He is bringing his anger to God. He is expressing it to God. And we have the opportunity to bring our anger to Jesus. If Jesus can handle the wrath of God, he can handle what is making you upset. <laughs> and this is good news. This is freeing news. It's possible to be angry and not sin, but James tells us it's not likely. <laughs> My dear brothers and sisters, uh, take note of this. I think I went too far. 
Uh, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And so what do we need? We need patience. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is one's glory to overlook an offense. See, when we uh, run into a situation where we can feel anger or we can practice patience, Proverbs invites us to practice patience, <laughs> to not let our tempers rise. And there's, there's glory in that. So often we think there's glory in, uh, in getting back at someone. But the Bible tells us there's glory in overlooking something. There's glory in patience. There's praise before God, and that's what matters, right? A couple weeks ago, I taught you uh, another word for gossip was spilling tea. I hope none of you have spilled tea uh, since I preached that. Uh, another word for uh, kind of uh, lashing out people is called a clap back. Maybe you have heard of this. You can come to me for all of your hip, cool new words. A clapback is a comeback. That's very popular in our culture right now, to clap back, whatever. Like, I don't know how that works. The book of Proverbs says, don't spill tea, don't clap back. Practice patience. <laughs> Not anger, but patience. All right, let's, let's move on past anger or patience. It's too convicting. Let's keep going. <laughs> Not pride, but humility. Not pride, but humility. Pride is when we see ourselves as more important than God or equal importance to God. And this is the opposite of the fear of the Lord. And when, when I say the phrase fear of the Lord, maybe your response is, that doesn't sound right. I don't want to be afraid of God. Well, the fear of the Lord it's talking about, the Bible talks about, is not like this, oh, I'm terrified of you, but it's, it's kind of like this healthy, reverential fear that you feel for like a parent or a grandparent. That you love them, they love you, but there's also this level of authority that they have over you. And we see this in Proverbs 3, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. It means take seriously the things God says. Now, pride is also not just the times when we kind of elevate ourselves to God's status, but it's also when we look at our, at our fellow human beings, when we look at those around us and say, I'm, I'm just a little bit better than you. <laughs> I'm a little bit more awesome than you. <laughs> the, the opposite of this is a teachable heart. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than them. So you can kind of flip that around if you're, if you're not puffing yourself up and you're not wise in your own eyes. There is hope for you. You are teachable. That's good. We want that. Now, most of us aren't going to go around and say, yeah, I'm, I'm just as important as God or I'm more important than other people. But there are like ways that this sort of uh, sneakily sneaks into our lives. <laughs> like uh, if we approach the Bible, and we don't really approach the Bible to learn what the Bible has to say, but we're just kind of coming to the Bible for it to validate our preconceived opinions. That's pride. Or when we find people that look just like us and talk like us and affirm all of our opinions, <laughs> we're not willing to uh, be challenged or be around someone that's different than us. That's a form of pride. See, we want to have a humble heart when we come before God's word. And we want to have a humble heart, listening for wisdom wherever we hear it in our world. With those people that are around us, even if we disagree with them in 95% of things. 
A humble heart, a teachable heart says, there might be 5% that I can really learn from and I can really grow from. So let's have humble hearts. Let's cultivate hearts of humility. Proverbs 18, 12 says this, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Today's message, Wise Emotions, is about your glory. (laughs) It's about your praise. It's about your honor. Do you want glory and honor and praise? There's a way to get it. The world says, clap back. (laughs) That's not the way that God says to do it. The world says, rise up. Christ says, lower yourself. Not pride, but humility. We all want to be teachable. Olympic athletes, before they win the gold, they still need a coach. (laughs) They still need that heart of humility, that that willingness to learn. That famous movie stars, before they win the Oscar, they need a director. Best-selling authors need editors. As Christians, we need each other and we need God's word. As human beings, that's what we need. It's hard but wise to reign over your emotions. Not anger but patience, not pride but humility. Not anxiety but joy. Now this one's a little bit different than the previous two points. Because anxiety, often rooted in fear, but anxiety can lead to depression. And that's just that's a little bit of a different emotion than anger or pride. Because that can really be wired into who you are as a person. Whatever your, your, your genetics or, or, or family experience, whatever it is, can really struggle with this. So I don't want you to hear like me today saying, just don't be anxious. Because that doesn't help. <laughs> you ever someone say that? Just don't be anxious. Well, thanks. I wish it was that easy. But what I like is that when Proverbs talks about anger and pride, it does encourage restraint in those areas. But when it talks about anxiety, when it talks about depression, when it talks about darkness on the inside, it talks less about control and more about the reality of them. In other words, the Bible doesn't just say like, oh, depression's not a real thing or anxiety's not a real thing. It admits that they're real and that they're crushing Proverbs 18.14 says this, The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? Yes, sickness is awful and bad, but there are things that we can feel and emotions that we're experiencing that are just as dark. I take great comfort in knowing this. So often it's easy to approach an ancient book like this and think, this has nothing to do with my life. Well, it does. It's relevant. Proverbs does not underestimate the power of mental illness. It admits mental illness is real. And it helps us navigate it. So how should we deal with it? What, what, what are some things that we can do to, to help navigate kind of the darkness? I don't want you to hear it today as well that like, I have all the solutions, right? The depression and anxiety, that's a real serious thing. But it does help if we keep ourselves uh, in, in contact with others. Proverbs uh, 14.10 says this, each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. And so what it's saying here is it's saying that there can be real isolation inside. Like the things you are feeling, unless you tell someone about them, are, can consume you, <laughs> the bitterness, and uh, it can snuff out your joy. And so there's an, implication in here to 
to share, to talk with others. If you're going through darkness, if you're going through bitterness, if you're, if you're frustrated, if you're hurt, talk to someone about it. Talk to God, of course, but also talk to a, a human being, to another person, so that they can speak a word of life into you. And I don't mean just like post on Facebook. <laughs> you could certainly do that, uh, but Facebook is an echo chamber. It'll just say exactly what you want to hear. Share with a person. Sit down, get coffee or, or a meal or, or go for a walk and say, you know, I'm walking through the valley. Can you encourage me? Did you know that cats can't taste sweetness? Cats can't taste the flavor of like sugar or dessert or sweetness. Uh, their, their tongues are like colorblind. <laughs> No wonder cats are grumpy all the time. <laughs> they can taste sour. They can taste bitterness. They can taste saltiness. They can taste meatness, but they can't taste sweetness. They can't taste sweetness. Do we have any cats in the room? <laughs> Do we have any people that have a hard time tasting sweetness in life? Maybe that's you all the time. Maybe you're just going through a period where you can't find your joy. You know what you need? You need a dog. <laughs> you need a dog. You need to find someone, or someone needs to find you. That's what dogs do, right? You're the dog, go find the cat. You need to find someone who, who can taste the sweetness in life. And maybe when you, they, they come and tell you about that, you're just like, I just hear barking. I just hear barking. Dogs can be really annoying. But dogs can be really good for your soul. And so if you're a cat, find a dog. And if you're a dog, gently find a cat. <laughs> it's easy but foolish to let your emotions rule you. It's hard but wise to reign over your emotions. Not anger but patience, not pride but humility, not anxiety but joy. See, wise emotions are good for your body, and they're good for your soul. Now, today it seems like common knowledge that like the way we feel, the emotions that we are experiencing, uh, have a real effect on our bodies. Chronic stress can cause high blood pressure, heart disease, uh, damage to muscle tissue, inhibition of growth, uh, suppression of the immune system, and damage to mental health. Those are some pretty serious things that chronic stress can have. And that's just one of the feelings. I wonder what chronic anger or, or uh, chronic impatience or, or some of these other emotions, I wonder what that would cause. And guess what? <laughs> we might have just sort of rediscovered that in recent years, but Proverbs knew it thousands of years ago. <laughs> Proverbs understood. Proverbs 3, 7 through 8 do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. This isn't a promise. This is a principle. You can have all the great emotions and still be sick, but there is something too, a life lived with wise emotions. To live humbly before your God and live humbly before your fellow human person, a human, human, human being, uh, it can create good health. <laughs> Proverbs 17, 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Good emotions are like good medicine. That's good. 
They're good for your soul. They're good for your heart. Where do they lead? Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are richer, riches and honor and life. That's really encouraging. It's good to be joyful. It's good to be humble. It's good to be teachable. Uh, it's good to be patient. And these things, they can lead to, to riches and honor and life. In this life, sure, but definitely in eternal life with Christ Jesus. But there's a, a bit of a problem, right? Because sometimes this can be hard to do. It can be really difficult to rule over your emotions. That implies that I have the power to rule. I don't want you to walk away thinking, oh, I have the power to just rule over my emotions. This is a, a, a team effort. This is a partnership. Uh, your, your fellow believers, uh, uh, your friends that are helping you, but most importantly, you need God. You need God for this endeavor. We need the Holy Spirit to shape our emotions. Right? The Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all one God. They're, they're distinct persons. That's very confusing, but uh, it's, it's who God is. We need the Holy Spirit to shape our emotions. And in the New Testament book of Galatians, what do we find? We find the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. This is great. This is what God wants to do in your heart. This is what God wants to do in your life. But notice, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Does that say it's the fruit of the tree or the, the fruit of the cat? <laughs> no, it's the fruit of the Spirit. We need God's help. We need the Holy Spirit's help to, to bear these fruit in our lives. One of the ways we know we're saved is when we begin to see these in our lives or other people can tell us, I see this in your life. This is how we know that we have a real relationship with God. But does this mean that we do nothing? That we just kind of sit back and say, well, I guess I'm angry today. Holy Spirit, <laughs> well, I mean, praying is a good thing. Look at the next two verses, Galatians 5, 24 through 25. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That means like we are a part of this. We're on the same team with God. We're crucifying our flesh. That means we're, 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 we're trying to turn away from those things, those, uh, those, those emotions that want to control us. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so we need God to come into our lives and bear the fruit. But this can be kind of hard, right? Because, like, who, who here, if we had a sign-up sheet back at the Welcome Center, it's like the, the sign-up sheet would be an opportunity to learn patience. <laughs> who here would sign up for that? Or an opportunity to learn humility. Or an opportunity to, um, uh, well, maybe you would sign up for, like, to have joy. I think we'd all sign up for that one. God gives us opportunities, and he just signs our name right up. And so the question is, are you willing to participate? Are you willing to go along for the journey and to be in step with the Holy Spirit? That doesn't mean you have it all figured out. That means a, a step implies a walk that takes time. One step at a time. The word for spirit in the New Testament and in the Old Testament is the word for breath. What do most people say when you're feeling like 
feelings washing over you and you just want to react, I say, just take a breath. Take a deep breath. Take that as a reminder to, to take a, a deep breath of the Holy Spirit. Pray. Holy Spirit, would you help me? Help me, help me, help me. Fill my lungs, fill my heart. Help me to respond and not react. I know emotions are from you, God. They're not bad. But I don't want to be ruled over by my emotions. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, I pray uh, for our emotions this week. As we think about uh, this sermon in the book of Proverbs, and as we experience uh, things that come up, and uh, things like anger or sadness or pride or whatever rolls over us, Lord, would we, uh, would we press into you? Would we press into Christ Jesus? Heavenly Father, thank you that Jesus experienced every emotion and that he paid the penalty for our sin on the cross so that we can know you and that one day we're not going to have to deal with pride anymore. <laughs> we're not going to have to deal with anger anymore or anxiety because we will be with Jesus, we will be with God, and we will have everlasting joy forever and ever and ever and ever. Lord, please bless this offering. In Jesus' name, amen.